God, I'm so fucking sore. Yesterday was such a long day. What we've been trying to do, like, on Saturdays or Sundays is hit up a city and skate all day. Um, me, Ramsey, Corey Goonan, Billy Drown, um, Dan McGrath, who films. We j we're trying to work on the new All I Need video, and that's pretty much the team, you know. And Timmy's out in Cali right now. Timmy Knuth is out in Cali, and he's out filming and getting clips. But yesterday we went to Providence, and it was one of those days where, like, just for myself anyways, nothing was working, man. I Like, some days I go out skating, and it's like, you could get, I could land anything, you know? Like, I don't know why some days work so beautifully, and then other days it's just like, they will not give you a trick. It won't. You could try a trick over and over and over again and get closer and closer and closer, and just for whatever reason, it just will not allow you to ride away. We started the day off at the school, there was some stuff to warm up, but there was this big rail there. And I haven't really jumped down a big rail in a while, but this one looked like a skate park rail. It was just super steep, super easy to get on. Of course, there's a fucking crack because it's the East Coast, so we got a sign, duct taped the sign over the crack. And that was still sketchy because now you got like a little bump where the sign is, sort of, like wherever you pop. So I'm dealing with that, this big steep rail, it's like... 12 stairs or something i don't know i didn't count the stairs i stopped counting but it just like looked like a 12 12 stair rail it's kind of low to get on square which is awesome and uh at the landing there's a fucking sidewalk curb basically it's like not a sidewalk it's not as long as a sidewalk it's enough that it looked like you could ollie over the sidewalk after grinding the rail but the rail's so goddamn steep that like you can't ollie off of it like, i tried so many times I get on 50 all the way to the end, and I try, like, to ollie, but it's so steep my board doesn't come with me. Or I land, like, back wheels on the curb, you know, and bash it and slam. So I battle that, cut all my hands up, my elbows, my backs, road rash. Try that for, like, I don't even know. It felt like three hours, but it was probably only, like, under an hour. Couldn't do it. Finally decided, was like, you know what, fuck it. Every slam hurts, like... I want to skate more today, you know, but it was pissing me off because I know I was like, I can do this, you know, like, but I don't even know if I could, like, I don't know if it's even possible to ollie over the sidewalk. It was just so damn steep. You can't really get it. So that's how I started the day off. Then we go to the next spot. It's a spot that I had been to already and I got a trick at. So I was pretty stoked on the spot. It's like this gap to table, which is pretty rad. But uh, I had already got a trick on it, and it's hard to skate, you know? It's not like you can just do anything. But So I was trying to do... I did gap nose blunt, but this time I was trying to gap nose blunt fakie. But, of course, my legs are, like, just shot from the first spot. So I'm just trying, trying, obviously. Nothing's working. <laughs> I'm drinking water. I'm stretching. I'm, like, still persistent. I just want to get a clip because I'm, like, you know, if I can get one clip today, that's just one thing a week. Like, some weekends we get five tricks you know sometimes you get one if you can get one clip a week i feel like we'll be good and filming a video part something i'm proud of you know so of course i battle this can't get it nose blunt fakie i'm pretty much landing on every single one but just because i'm tired and sore it's just not working out you know if i went there first and was fresh i probably would have landed a couple tries but of course you know i jumped down this big fucking stupid rail for a while so i'm feeling kind of defeated over two at this point but uh we don't give up we don't give up because other dudes in the crew are having fun, getting clips. Corey Goonan got the sick-ass, like, ollie, then front 180. It was, like, two sets of stairs in a row, and it's super quick in the middle. So you got to ollie immediately set up for the front 180. 
looked really rad. Um, Billy was just killing it. Our homie Brian Ferrazzi is just fucking hype man. Like, every spot just doing bonelesses and, like, setting the session off. Full homie, dude. And McGrath's filming, so... And he's shredding, too. And then uh, we end up at another spot at the end of the day. We, you know, we went all day. And we end up at this perfect ledge. It's a perfect ledge. It starts off kind of low, and then it gets higher as it goes, because the... It, the ground goes down and the ledge goes straight. So, you know, where you pop off, it's actually higher than where you got on. And it slid and grinded so well. And I was so exhausted. Like, my legs are just beat from hours of trying tricks. And just, like, of course, in my head, I'm like, fuck, man. We should have went to this spot first. Now I'm not, like, I have no energy to even try anything on it. But, of course, I'm, you know, it's perfect. I'm having fun still. And I get sucked up and I start trying trick and finally i'm like i'm just gonna try kick a uh, tail slide kickflip and uh i'm coming so close but i feel like i'm drowning because it's like getting hot on the east coast and i had been skating all day and my every breath it just <sighs> felt like i couldn't breathe i feel like i was underwater drowning and uh right as the sun's like going down basically the light's still like the light's perfect to be honest and uh Dan even said, he's like, dude, I gotta go. Like, you can get, like, five tries, but I gotta go. It's just, I got shit to do. And I'm like, god damn it. I know I could get something today. And, uh, damn, dude. I just basically told him, like, alright, one more try. I'm gonna try to knock it out of the park. Because I'm coming so close, and it's, like, feeling better than I've ever done one of these. And, of course, dude, right there. Get on. Slide the whole thing to the end. Get the perfect pop. Perfect flick, tail slide, kickflip, hits my feet, like, super early, like, I kickflipped up, you know what I mean? Like, the best case scenario, fucking bolts, and then I ride away, and I didn't fall. I actually got the trick, it was like, I was so happy, man, it was like the best one I ha I have ever done, like, I watched the footage he showed me, and I was so hyped, man, and uh, I just, like, was so stoked that I didn't give up, I guess. I mean, some days you gotta just give up, you know, but... I don't know, skateboarding is a weird thing, man. It's so strange. Some days it's easy, and some days it's incredibly hard, and I don't know. I've, I Just yesterday, I felt like if I didn't give up, I was going to get something that I was super proud of. Even though nothing was coming easy, I just knew that like if I stayed with it, and I did, and it, it worked out, man. I'm super hyped on that. Of course, I'm so damn sore. Like, all day today, I had skate lessons, so... That was kind of brutal because I'm just, like, bloody and sore and beat up from yesterday. Like, of course, I didn't have enough water, so I was dehydrated and my muscles, like, shrank up. And then I got to skate and teach kids how to skate. And I'm trying to have a good a good attitude, which I did. I have fun. These kids were killing it today. and But, uh, yeah, I got work tomorrow, so I know that's going to be rough because I'm still beat up and sore. But it's like, whatever. I got the trick, so I'm beyond happy. Like, it's worth it. I'll put up with all that bullshit all the little pains and aches and it's all worth it today's episode is brought to you by all i need skateboards i started all i need skateboards in 2011 we've been steady putting out new graphics on skateboards t-shirts beanies snapbacks you name it we put out a video called thrive prosper rise that i'm extremely proud of and we started a contest called the new england am which we're gonna have our second year this year Super hyped for that. That's October 3rd and 4th at Skater's Edge. And yeah, check out All I Need Skate on Instagram, Facebook, 
Twitter, YouTube. We got a shitload of videos on there. Bunch of like trick tips and just rad clips of the team and everyone skating. So you, all I need skate on all of those platforms. And then you can also check out the website, allineedskate.com. We have a web store where you can cop some of the boards and apparel. And all that money goes back into creating more awesome skateboarding stuff. Contests, videos, you name it, man. More art, all the shit we love. So I hope you enjoyed today's episode. Today's guest is Greg Lutzka. Sat down with the man, talked about how he came up, what skating is to him, where he's been, and what he's been doing. Thanks again, Greg, for coming on the show. And thank you guys for listening. Peace. This is the Shepherd Show. show. Whatever you do, you have one thing that's unique. You have the ability to make up. When things get tough, this is what you should do. Microphone check, one, two, one, two. Microphone check, one, two, one, two. I hope they get it, I'm sick of explaining history I'm rolling with a circle of winners, we claiming victories Yeah, it's about to be the realest shit you ever heard In a transitional world right now Yeah, it's just basically going for it, you know Sometimes you don't think about getting hurt or slamming But, you know, it, it happens, it's skateboarding You know, it happens every day Yeah, people are worried about skateboarding and the skate state of the industry yeah. the truth is we are the industry yeah. skateboarders are the industry experience i guess just because there's like i've never seen like that many skaters in one place just like it's like we it's take like, over the street since i got skype i've been able to reach out to more people you know so yeah. uh we had ryan gallant we had zared we had susky and now we got you man um I want to kind of start it off with, like, ask you just how your day's going. Man, the day's been good. Just off skating today. Obviously, like, I've been filming with the same filmer for the last, I don't know, 10 years. So I was out with Hoops today. Hell yeah. He's pretty much filmed, like, all my parts from, you know, all the way from, like, the 401 days to the digital days to almost round three to Oakley to Globe to pretty much everything you've seen he's filmed. So it's always a good day going out with him. He's I don't know, for those who's, who've met him out there, he's hilarious and he's really fun to work with and just all around a good dude. So we got some good stuff today. He's been like on the GoPro game big time. So like he's just been, you know, kind of using that camera so much and the stuff looks good and people are getting hyped and you know, Dr. Purple Teeth is coming out. <laughs> <laughs> you guys, uh, you guys are like Bert and Ernie. You're like a, te- you're a team, obviously. You stuck together for a long time filming and skating. Long time. We lived together too for a couple of years. I met yeah. him on an airplane going to Australia probably when I was 16. I moved to California at 17, 18. By 20, we're, we, you know, I had bought a house out here and he moved in and we lived together for like five years and then we, we became adults. He got married. Got <laughs> That's awesome. So, so today was success. You got some clips? Yeah, we got some clips. It was fun. Actually, on the session, it was kind of cool, too. We brought out a guy called – his name's Robbie Crawford. Hell, yeah. You look him up on Instagram. He's got, like, 350,000 followers, and he shoots some of the most amazing photos, mainly, like, surfing and cool waves and stuff, but we just kind of been bringing him in the skate stuff, and he's uh, he's awesome with the GoPros. He's actually uh, working with them now and doing a lot of cool stuff, so – him and uh, him and Hoops are like the team with like doing photos and and then him doing the video for the skate stuff. It's like really cool. That's awesome, man. Those GoPros are so fun to mess around with. I yeah. actually I actually was recording um the videos for YouTube of my podcast and I was using my GoPro. I just set it up and it would just record the whole podcast and then I was posting those on YouTube. I actually got to get back to that. Right now it's just audio, but um 
the videos just take so long they render forever and you're just waiting and waiting because it's hd you know so um but that's sick are you guys working on like a project with gopro specifically uh hoops is now filming like some stuff and kind of working with uh i believe like thrasher he's giving some stuff too and he's just kind of you know having fun with it and, and it's just a different outtake of you know how we filmed in the past you know we grew up on the vx1000 hell yeah and all switching over to like the hd stuff and it's just such a big camera and we still film with that i mean we're, we're going out and we're going to film something like that i'm really going to be stoked on and I'm, I'm planning on doing then we'll use the bigger camera but just for like going out and warm-up lines and even some of the stuff I've been filming with the GoPro, just I've been hyped on the way it looks. So I don't really tell him what to do. I just let him, you know, do his art and make it look good. And and he gives okay. it to gives it to us to post. And the social stuff's kind of growing right now. So he didn't. He's never even had Instagram, and we kind of got him to get an Instagram. And now you know, four or five months later, he's got like twenty three thousand followers, and he's just like blown away. And he's just hyped <laughs> to like show his you know his work with the filming. Yeah, and then I'll work with all the different skaters. You know, he's out there filming TJ Rogers, uh, Kevin Romar, uh, P Rod, Tori, Shane O'Neill. Uh, so he's he's a lot of different people. So he's, he's, you know, building content, doing cool stuff. And he's just having fun, man. And all around, love skateboarding, down for it, being in the streets. And that's what it's about. And that's what I think we're all about, too. So it works really well. That's fucking awesome. All right. So another thing on my podcast is I like to jump around. So you got to bear with me a little. Um, <laughs> I want to talk about how you got your first skateboard because that story is always amazing when someone tells me that story. I mean, I grew up in the Midwest where basically it's snowing half the year. It's really, really cold. So uh, I played ice hockey from age like two. I was on I, I was on skates at age two. I was through mini Mike to Mike to Pee Wee to Bantam to high school. So you were uh, pretty good on the on the ice hockey? I still play ice hockey to this day. So uh-huh. I, I play pickup gigs over here at Elisa Viejo. I played with Billy Marks before, before uh, a few different guys, you know, just like pickup fun hockey. But I grew up playing ice hockey, so I was always on skate. So I guess that might have helped out a little bit with the balance with skating and, and getting used to being on a skateboard right off the bat. Hell yeah. A um, few people on my team got skateboards, and, like, I got a board, and I – it was over. It was over that, like, I got it that year, and I didn't want to play ice hockey no more. And I guess uh, just going into, like, team sports and people blaming people and blaming the goalie if we lost, I just wanted to do something that was different, that, like, it was all on you. And, like, I didn't want to have to be set at times to do things. When you were playing ice hockey, you were set, like, all right, we got a game at 5 o'clock or you got practice at 8 a.m. With a skateboard, I thought it was cool because you do it whenever and all day long or, you know, we – filmed or whatever film in our basement you know like i was a little kid so we had like little ramps in our basement and we had an ice rink in our backyard i mean we didn't have a big backyard my, my parents weren't like rich or nothing but you know they would have like we'd take the hose and kind of sprinkle the snow create like a thin layer of ice pour more the next night so we had like the, you know i just played for fun after that just in the backyard yeah, that's kind of so you just made a rink in your backyard with the hose I mean, small rig, man. We're, but we're, still, you can do that? That's sick. I mean, <laughs> I don't know, even know. Snows, you just kind of sprinkle water over, and then it kind of ices up overnight, and you sprinkle more, and then it's like ice, and then you just keep building every night. After like a week, you have like, you know, a good little amount of ice, and we put like a net back there. My brother played goalie, so. Damn, that's dope. Go back there, and we just have fun, you know. So, like, I grew up playing ice hockey, snowmobiling, you know, a little bit, and um, just winter stuff, like snowboarding. I still snowboard, like, I was at the mountains all week last week having fun. I saw your Instagram. I was checking it out. I was like, damn, he's snowboarding. And I'm I'm in the East Coast. We got a lot of snow right now, but I don't really snowboard. I did once, and it was really fun. 
but I just never went back to it. And uh, but I was watching you, and I was like, ah, oh, that looks so fun, man. Yeah, the reason why I like snowboarding just, you know, it takes me back living in the Midwest where it snowed a lot. And I just like the vibe of it, like being in the mountains. Like we had hills back home, so it was a little different. But out here, like Big Bear Mountain's really cool. Everyone up there, it's like, you know, no one judges you. You know, in skateboarding, everyone's like so critical and just like it's like high school or something. Like I feel like at the mountains, it's just like everything just goes. And like people are super like just down. Like if you ride, it doesn't matter if you're good or bad or whatever you are. Yeah. They're just down to have fun and ride, and, like, that's what it's about. I think that's really cool. And for me, it just, like, it, it relates to skateboarding. So, like, I picked it up really easy, especially growing up. Yeah. So just a lot of fun and just, like, being on the lift and, like, you're away from everything. And you are you have no service on your phone. So, you're you know, you're away from kind of society a little bit where I think people nowadays are so attached to their phones and traffic and people and cars and just, like, that whole life that when you get up there, you're just, like, it's fresh air. You don't really need your phone. Yeah, it's beautiful. The snow and you look back off the chairlift and you just see like the mountains. It's just it's just a good feeling, you know, so I really enjoy it. That's tight. Yeah. Being being in Southern California, too, you're like in the Mecca. You're in the, like the the pit of it where it's like so many people are crammed in there. And especially with the skateboard industry industry, too. Everyone's right there on top of each other, man. I kind of like what you're saying, because I feel that because I'm on the East Coast. So I still feel like there's elbow room here you know what i mean it's not oversaturated that's why i moved back here actually because i lived in long beach for two years and uh people live on top of each other (laughs) yeah i loved it but it was just too much i just like going from the east coast to there i was like i'm going back home dude i just want to be there even though i hate the fucking snow (laughs) i mean it's cool the weather i really like out here i miss home too at times it's just southern california for me like i ride motorcycles a lot and did a really good it's crazy. I did deal with Harley Davidson being from Milwaukee and I never even rode motorcycles and now it just became a lifestyle of mine. So I live like, I lived in LA and then Huntington and I live in Lake Forest. I'm out by all the canyons and stuff, which is super rad for riding motorcycles. And then the mountains aren't too far, hour and a half. And the beach is right here and skateboarding's right here and it's really cool. So like, oh, it's, it's paradise. Kind of, it's paradise. It kind of has everything. <laughs> Don't get me wrong. Don't get me wrong. I by no means am really talking shit because I just went to San Diego for two two weeks with my homies. And it was amazing, like the beach, the spots, the. But also, it just is the each coast has like something I like and something I hate, you know. And where that is, it's so oversaturated. But I love the weather, and the spots are fucking beyond amazing. We skated ditches for two weeks, and it was awesome, dude. Um, where where exactly are you? You're in you're in uh, LA. I, yeah, I just moved to Lake Forest, so it's oh, like by the Etney Skate Park, the the lake forest park but i mean i lived in hollywood for a while it was cool it was really fun like going out just the traffic was so crazy there's like good things about la and things i just was just you know the people everyone's like trying to be someone or someone they're not up yeah. there after like especially in hollywood the where, where i lived i wish i would have moved more to like manhattan beach or somewhere like that hermosa is really nice uh i know like paul and all those guys live in the valley i think that's a pretty cool vibe out there yeah. Uh, I lived in Huntington for four years. That was awesome. A lot of my friends still live in Huntington, Appleyard and Desenzo and TJ Rogers and Scott Desenzo, all the guys I skate with. So I'm in Huntington a lot. So I'm only like 15, 20 minutes away from there. And I bought a house in Lake Forest, which is um, a little bit south and by the Etnies Park. And like I'm out by kind of like, you know, if I go outside my house, I go right. There's a bunch of canyons and like cool stuff and like horses. And you just got tons of open room. You can jump on your motorcycle and just like fly. No traffic. That's tight. You go left, you're like going down to Laguna Beach. And there's like 
I don't know all kinds of different people down there, but you know, so you're kind of in the middle of everything. But I, I really enjoy where I live now, and and uh, it's just really laid back, and it's great for when I'm traveling to come back, and it just like feels like home. It, it almost like it feels like a little bit of the Midwest, a little bit, and that's why I think I like it. That's a perfect segue to what I wanted to talk about because I wanted to kind of ask about how you got your first sponsor. Like I know, um, I believe it was maybe this isn't your first sponsor, but you did escape for. Um, what was the brand? It started with an I. Illinium. That's what it was, right? Uh, yeah, I'll tell you the story. So growing up in Milwaukee, for those who know Al Pardon, he's from Milwaukee. He started Illinium. Hell yeah. Uh, being a kid, you know, I skated the Cass Street Skate Trams. He used to do these skate trams called uh, Pupil, P-U-P-I-L, People Uplifting People in Life. It was a skate jam in Milwaukee. He used to bring a lot of ramps, do cool shirts, give away decks, do all kinds of cool stuff for the city. He yeah. moved to Southern California. Uh, I got sponsored by a skate shop back home called Phase Two Skate Shop. It's actually Paul Zitzer's brother's shop, Mark Zitzer. So there was like okay. a connection there. And then I wrote for a company called Beer City Skateboards. It was a local company. They made shop decks. I mean, a blank decks, real small, just cool company. They they flew me out to Tampa. I went to Tampa, met up with Al. He's like, dude, you're Greg. Like you're from Milwaukee. Remember Pupil? Remember the skate jams? You used to come to my skate jams. I was like, of course. He's like. Well, check it out. We're doing a two-week tour after this, and I want you to come along on it. I was 16 years old. I couldn't turn them down, man. I was like, yeah, let's do it. So I was riding a Beer City board, and I'm just real, like, loyal and faithful to the brands I ride for. And, you know, I, I, I rode for Elenium until basically there was nothing left. And Chad Musk had called my phone for shorties. Tony had called my phone for Birdhouse. Ed had called my phone for Toy Machine etc and i just turned him down because i felt like al gave me a good opportunity so i stuck ryan beer city boards that whole trip went back and he's like dude we want your ride for elenium i called mike beer from beer city and was like yo i i think i'm gonna ride for this company and i really like al and like everything he's done for milwaukee there's some roots here he's gonna fly me out to san diego we're gonna do cool stuff so he flew me out to san diego i started riding for elenium he had me shooting with dave swift which i didn't know who dave was at the time dave actually shot this photo yeah <laughs> That's up yeah. right here. Swift is the man. Damn. Yeah. So I had no idea. I'm in my office right now. But uh, so yeah, Swift Swift shot uh shot me, dude, doing the front blunt down San Diego rail. It's like a thirteen stair rail. Um, doing the photo and then Joe Krolik, who worked for four and one, shot that was my first opener, was doing that front blunt. And then after that, like Al kind of told me, like, all right, dude, you're going to be in Thrasher. You're going to be in 4 and 1. I, I was like, no way, dude. He's like, dude, that's Dave Swift. I didn't want to tell you who it was because I didn't want to get, make you feel like you, you know, I didn't want you to get hurt, kind of. He didn't want me to get hurt. He's just like, I don't want you to get nervous. I just want you to skate and do what you do. Yeah. He did the right thing. And we got the photo. The photo came out epic. Turned out cool. It was my first Elenium ad. And uh, from there, it was like history. You know, I met Mike Peterson. He got hooked me up with Globe, and then I met, you know, people through there, and they got me on Bones Wheels. And next thing you know, I was, like, having all these sponsors. So I went back home, and Globe called me and wanted me to go to Australia. Um, you know, school was an issue because I was in school. So then I started getting homeschool, and, you know, I came back from, I think, it was Europe the first time. I won Europe, so I won, like, 20 or 30 grand. Damn. At what and age? What age? What age? I was probably 16. Damn, what the hell do you do with that? You just buy something ridiculous and you're like, why did I buy that? <laughs> no, you know, to tell you the truth, throughout all these years, I never picked up contest money. Even when I won the Maloof, I won 160 grand. I didn't even go pick up the check because 
I don't know why. Maybe because I didn't want to wait in line because everyone's like waiting there trying to get their check. But I just didn't care, man. I just wanted to skate, and that's what I loved. And wait, 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 wait. But you got the money. They mail you yeah, the money. They send. They always send the money. You know, oh, they good. Just, good. <laughs> that's a lot of money, man. <laughs> yeah, when you check in, that you got to fill out a W nine. Where, where, you know, where all this crap, this, you know, this crap's going to basically. This money's going to or whatever. So they always send it to my parents' house. It was always going back to Milwaukee. So I never really got checks. When I moved to California, I always kept my mail address back home just because I don't. I don't know. I'm always traveling. I don't want all my stuff getting California getting lost. So I just yeah. You nine to my parents, man, back home, Milwaukee. They'll deal with it. They'll deal with the taxes. Good, so my dad helped good me people. Help at the beginning, like, you know, because a lot of skaters never paid their taxes. And, like, it can be kind of like one of those situations. You win 160 grand. Well, you got to pay taxes on it. If you're not filing for those taxes and you're not on point with it, they're going to come after your ass. Which Oh, I've heard luckily, horror stories. I've heard horror stories about that. Yeah, luckily, um, luckily I've had, like, my dad who – his dad owned his own business uh owning a bakery company something small in aurora minnesota small company sick and so he always kind of told my dad like just because it's a 24-hour job he's like dude go enjoy life work for someone else enjoy life when you're done at five you can go do what you want to do where his dad kind of basically had to constantly run the business and even after five he's still working and just kind of stressful you know so years to come he had me and then he's kind of running my business so he's like he's kind of stressed you know like we do all the taxes and like it just turned into something else luckily i got a very supportive family that we just kind of learned as we went to be honest with you we didn't grow we didn't grow up with money we didn't own our own businesses we had nothing like that you know um by all means we weren't poor but we weren't rich we were just kind of like middle class you know average midwest people and that's just what it was yeah. just a passion and i got some opportunity and won some contests and I think people get like the wrong impression by some of the sponsors I've took in my past just because, um, you know, I did ride for brands like K-Swiss or Toyota. And, you know, I think really looking at it, I just never like turned down opportunity. You know, it was just one of those things like Al was like, all right, you want to come to California? Cool. Hey, you want to go on this tour after Tampa? Cool. And then like it just kind of always was like that. Like Rodney Mullen came to me and was like, you want to ride for almost? You know, you're off. You're off. Elenium, I was like, cool, let's do it. You know, so it was always one of those things I always kind of took opportunity. So it really wasn't a matter of what it was. It was just like, I just felt like, hey, this has come along my way. I'm from the Midwest. This isn't going to happen back home. <laughs> I just, okay, you know, like, all right, cool. Yeah, let's do it. I'll ride for Toyota. What, free car? Sick. You know, even with Harley Davidson, we just did a deal with Harley, you know, two years ago. I just re signed with them. It's just like, I, I think when opportunity arrived, I just like jumped on it. I was like, yeah, let's do it. I, I always thought it was cool. You know, a lot of skaters kind of frown, especially in the energy drinks when, like, me and Sheckler and Paul had just signed with, you know, he was with Mount Dew and Ryan was with Red Bull and whatever. I was with Monster and me and Ryan had the Oakley ad. And it just was one of those things that, you know, but now you look back at it and now a lot of dudes have drink sponsors and a lot of dudes are doing stuff outside the box. And Paul is on, on Nike, or I mean, on, uh, yeah, something like Nike and, and, target so it's more acceptable now than it was back then well i think i think it's kind of crazy to me because i don't know if you know my story but i grew up fucking in the hood basically with no guidance i'll give you a brief summary because people on my podcast heard it enough but uh yeah no father no mother just on my own since i was little so to me when you're describing like just taking advantage of opportunities that come your way that to me makes sense you know what i mean because life for me was like you know, anything good. I always pick up pennies, basically what I'm saying. I always pick up change. So that's like a good quality to have to notice a good thing. I see people walk by it all the time, and I'm like, why aren't you picking up the money? Like, you just yeah. found money. That means it's a good day. 
that's the same with like opportunity. You know, if sponsors were coming to those dudes, I don't. I would like to meet the person that says no. I guess you know what I mean. Yeah. Especially if you're a kid that's just growing up skating, and you guys, you know, I think the hate in skateboarding is a little. It's just like um, you felt some of it, huh? <laughs> Yeah, just throughout the years, you know, you really look at it, you're just like, you know, I mean, I'm I'm 29 years old, I'm still skateboarding for a living, I'm still living life every day skateboarding, because that's what I love to do, yeah. that's what I love to do when I was 9 years old, that's what I did when I was 16 years old, that's what I do 29 years old, when I'm 39, that's still what I'm going to do, yeah. but at the end of the day, you know, like, yeah, and that's why, like, when I go to the mountains, it's so cool, because everyone just don't care, man, it's just like, Let's ride. Let's have fun. Let's get on the lift. Let's have a drink at the bar, whatever. And I feel like in skateboarding, a lot of times people are critics, but it's not really that bad. You know, like I've had a very, a lot of people that, you know, have appreciated what I've done with skating. And, and obviously, like, I just never cared. I just did what I did and had fun doing it and kept pushing myself. You know, I think that's like the one thing about skateboarding. Too many people get caught up like, oh, this contest, oh, I got to beat Niger or whatever. I don't think it's about really being better than anyone because that's not what skateboarding is about skateboarding is about like an art and like how you do it and pushing yourself so it's about being better than yourself the next day like all right cool i want to try this yeah and that's what's always been to me like all right cool i want to do this trick and then there's tricks that i really like so i just kind of put them together like all right i like the front side flip because of reynolds yep and i like who the front who didn't who didn't <laughs> actually at that time man like tom penny reynolds like those dudes were the shit Especially when I was a young kid. And then, like, when I got a little older, I really liked Arto Sorry. Like, when, you know, S came out in the first flip video, Arto was my favorite skater, hands down. So, like, that's what made me really want to – and I grew up on – before that, I grew up on basically Welcome to Hell. So, like, I always wanted to skate kind of rails and gaps and, like, stuff like that because of Jamie. And that just that video is just legendary, man. We're the same, <laughs> we're the same generation because I'm the I'm, – I like all that. Arto, Minik Mahdi. Like, you name it. Minik Mahdi was my favorite video forever, man. My God. <laughs> um, I guess this is a good way. This is perfect, Greg. I wanted to ask you what you thought about, like, the – because I know you, you get some hate for sure. And it's like, whatever. Whether it's warranted or not is, like, obviously, if you don't care, then fuck, that's all that matters. But um, I wanted to ask you what you thought about um, kind of, like, how the commercialization of, like, your skateboarding a little bit with the contest. Because it's, it's like a – it's kind of a double-edged sword. It's like you're a street skater all the time or you skate a contest. And if you skate contests, you're skating like similar obstacles and you're doing, you know, you're trying to piece together the tricks you can do and compete for a lot of cash. So, like, I know a lot of people are like, he does 270s tons of times or whatever. You know what I mean? Like, 270 lift. 2000, like, how do you feel about that? Like, because that's kind of what happened with, with the mainstream audience like that. Yeah. So, for me, okay, for me, skateboarding, skateboard, whether I'm skateboarding a contest a street spot like today, yeah. backyard mini ramp, all that stuff, a skate park. It's all just skateboarding to me, man. So, like, a lot of times, like, I, honestly, I like, when I go to contests, like, Tampa, I fly on Saturday. I skate Sunday. I never really go to practice. I don't really stress on it because I feel like when you put too much pressure on yourself when you're at a contest, you're not going to do your best. And, like, it's just skating to me. So, like, I'd rather just wake up like it's a new day, and I didn't know what I was going to skate today, and I got how, how many tricks, how many photos, stoked. I didn't plan one thing I did, you know? Yeah. So anytime I've learned in the past, I wake up in the morning, all right, I'm going to do this run, don't work. So I just wake up and just, like, go to the contest, just do what I'm going to normally do. If I if I felt like going out that night, the night before, I'd go out and party with everyone, have fun, just wake up, that's what I was going to do. You know what I mean? So I never really stressed on it. Um, going into contests, you know, some people judge you um, because of contests you've done. So, like, 
I've done, you know, a lot of contests in my life, but I've also filmed a lot of video parts. Yeah. But, um, so like, I guess because of doing the do tours and then X games and freaking all these silly contests, it wasn't really, really about doing the contest. It was just about like, Hey, opportunity came, do tour invited me. Shit. Why not? Let's do it. Oh, X games doing it. Cool. Let's do it. So it really wasn't about, all right, I'm going this contest to win or going to do this to, you know, there's tons of contests. I've won tons of contests. I've got 12. It don't, it didn't really matter to me. I never really cared. Yeah. But, you know, they, people had like put a rep on you like, Oh, he's a contest skater where, it's funny because you look back and I have like seriously nine video parts. You know what I mean? And like yeah, yeah. everything from progression, which people don't, probably don't even know what that is anymore. Nah, they don't. <laughs> to four one, to globe, to Oakley, to um, yeah, to globe, to Oakley, to almost round three, to hey, do you, last last year with the barracks. So it's kind of like hey, do you think? Sorry to cut you off, but do you think that do you think these people that haven't had your opportunities and for whatever, whatever. You think they're trying to box you in with a title? Is that how that works? No, but I feel like a lot of dudes get got kind of caught up with that. You know, I, I think, think that I think that's what they're doing. They're trying to like um take. I think oh. Sheckler got kind of a little bit of that. Like, oh, he's a little bit of contest scare. Not the rep no more so much, but like at that era, like four years ago, you know, he's like, oh, he's contest scare. Whatever. And I want to even say it because you know it's not anything, man. If you really look at what skateboarding is, I think a lot of these dudes that did do contests. Maybe to get labeled a little bit, but if you look at they have video parts. They're in the magazines. I've had yeah. covers, skateboard mag cover or skateboarder covers. So it really wasn't about that. I just I've always took skateboarding at a point where like if opportunity arise and they want me to skate this, cool. It didn't matter if it was a demo, a contest, going filming, skate my backyard mini ramp. The homies called to do a barbecue. Yeah, it was always about skateboarding to me, and that's like still kind of how I am, I guess to this day i think i think what i think what happens in skateboarding because it's kind of immature at times like you know i think what happened with skateboarding is like the industry blew up and people got a lot of things from it you know like it blew up is all over the place is mainstream and those rumors and that like trying to box someone in by calling them a contest skater or whatever or i even heard skateboarders say like he's brazilian you know what i mean that's why he's so good like it's a bad thing to be, like it's a bad thing to be good but um but uh, I think it's just those dudes that are too busy watching skateboarding and not, like, pursuing it, and then they have their opinions about it. You know what I mean? Because they're not taking the chances it takes to be a sponsored skater and have to, like, capitalize on every opportunity because you got to keep it going, right? I mean. Yeah. And I feel I feel for those Brazilian skaters because they – and they kill it, dude. Like, I mean, it's not even – I'm not even capitalizing. It's, it's just crazy because I've heard that before. Oh, he's Brazilian or whatever. I've heard that before, and I'm just like, whatever, like – I, you know, I feel for some of those guys that got hate on some of the stuff and, you know, it, it is what it is. That's, that's the thing with skateboarding. It's always been critical. Dudes are going to judge you whether, you know, you do everything right or wrong. You do everything right. Oh, I ride for the chorus companies. I sleep on couches. I just, whatever. They're still going to hate on you. And I just remember Bam, like years ago when I wrote for Globe, we did like a thing for Journeys and Journeys was a big accountant. I was just, you know, kind of young, and we we hung out at Bam's, Bam Margera's house because we were in uh, Philadelphia, and uh, I just remember asking, I was like, dude, should I ride for this company, Monster, and it's like a drink company, and he goes, dude, I would take the opportunity, look at what I'm doing right now, and like, you think in 10 years, 
Joe Schmo is going to come to you and ask you like, oh, man, do you remember riding for months or whatever it is? Mm-hmm. And I was like, no, I agree. And he's like, you can bring him to your house and mix them a drink. You know what I mean? And <laughs> he just was kind of joking. You know how Bam was. He wasn't making it. Nah, like he was dead way. serious. <laughs> he's dead he's just serious. Like, Look at his life. Like, yeah, and he's just like, dude, like take the opportunity you can do when you have it because that opportunity is not always going to be there. And you might look back someday and be like, dang, I could have wrote for that company or I could have done this. And he kind of put it in perspective where like where I did get opportunities and I did get like offered a car sponsorship and drink sponsors or whatever they are. You know, I was just like, you know what? If I believed in it, I was like, I, I like driving cars. Shit. That's a free car. Shit. All right, cool. I can rep it. Let's do it. You know what I mean? So if it made sense to me, like, and I believed in it uh, uh, in a way, I would rep the brand and be psyched. You know what I mean? And And obviously like, it helped me build a career and, and it helped me expand beyond skateboarding, especially like I just signed with on it, like the, the supplement company, which is awesome, dude. And like, as I get older, I'm taking the supplements, I'm doing the strong and bone because my, my bones feel better. You know what I mean? But then you're looking at it and I'm next to Ken Block, Ludacris, Travis Barker, Joe Rogan, you know? So it's just like, now my name is not just skateboarding. It's set aside. These guys, I'm doing the Jason Ellis show that's with them and doing Joe Rogan's, podcast you're doing, you're doing the shetler show podcast That's the, you know what i mean <laughs> like even to this day like i take opportunities like that and actually that opportunity was so awesome and i actually went to them because the the supplements are great and i i do take a lot of them yeah Derek fukuhara hooked me up with some uh some great. stuff from on it for, um the one joe rogan always t- talks about we, we alpha brain alpha brain yeah we had some of those on one of the podcasts for sure yeah which is cool you know what i mean like they make some good stuff and they make some workout gear and like i'm not dude i'm a, a skateboarder man i'm a skinny kid that grew up in the midwest like but nowadays like i feel like i want to start working out more and i want to start doing yoga i want to start using some of the equipment they have where i never gave a crap before it just you know i had the opportunity to do it and and when i flew there and see trainers and see like damn dude that might help out with skating Fuck and yeah. just more flexible and like they're not really about like meathead stuff like lifting weights and getting all buff like the dude who was the trainer was like more about like some Taekwondo shit, like some shit that was like <laughs> crazy moves that made you like flexible. So when you're skating, like it would help out and you're not like super buff and like look like a gorilla. It's more like you got like your strength, but also like super flexible. Yeah, they say they and, start, and last, you're going to be able to last longer. You yeah, know? So, sorry to cut you off, but they say to optimize your body type. You know what I mean? And Joe Rogan always talks about it. Like, let's optimize so you're running at your best potential. It's not about like, I'm going to lift a million pounds and get ripped, but that, I, I like yeah, all that. That was cool, you know? Yeah. You know, that's you hear people lifting weights and they're just trying to get like a gorilla or something. And that's cool, but I don't think it's the best thing or best thing for a skateboard. And you want to be flexible and... and Especially you get older, man, you want to keep your body in shape so you can continue to do what you love, you know? Yeah, because you could hang on to skating for as long as possible. It's funny, my, my girl, she's a pole dancer, Greg. <laughs> and uh, she teaches she teaches, oh. <laughs> she teaches in Boston and Providence, and she competes, and she wins cash. Like, she's wow. won money before competing, and she's about to go to Egypt to teach some workshops for pole dancing, which is – but she's so into fitness and, like, eating well, and, like, it rubs off on me, you know? She, she'll she buy, like, better food than I will, and she'll, like, get me stretching and doing yoga, and, like, sometimes I'll just go to the studio with her and watch her pole dance, like, she's just, like, creating. You know, like, when you go to the skate park, you were talking about it earlier, it's, like, with your, when you're talking about hoops, though, filming and creating, but, like, same with skating, like, I agree with you 100%, it's not about competition, it's about creating, you know, it's about self-expression, 
Like, that's why I always talk about my family background and how I came up. That's my self-expression. That's my narrative. That's my story. That's what, like, gave me everything I have today. I taught every it taught me say, every and, lesson. I was going to say, and congrats on everything you're doing with All I Need. I think that's so dope. Because I think that, like, right there, that expression, that, that name, that's so true, man. Simple. All I Need is people simple. because <laughs> it's simple, it's cool, it's to the point, and it's just rad because it's about what we all love to do, which yeah. is that's all you need. You know what I mean? In skateboard, and when you get on your board – it's nothing else matters and like all, everything in your life and like different people have different stresses in their life and i have stress sometimes in my life i'm not gonna lie but when you get on your board it doesn't matter because it's just about skateboarding so it's like all i need i, I love that name the logo's cool <laughs> team's dope and I, i'm just you know just want to give you some like pounder there's some props because uh, for real man. that's dope you know what i mean seriously so. thank you so much because like for me my journey wasn't the same as yours. I appreciate your journey. Like, by no means, I'm not a hater. I don't have any. I, I love when people pick up pennies and pick pick up dimes. When they have opportunity and they chase the silver lining, I fucking love that. And if you come from Minnesota and you have family that support you and, and do your taxes for you when you need them and they they do the brand, the Lutzker, you know what I mean? Like, that's a blessing. And for you to, to like, appreciate that and just, like, not squander that. Because I started at a negative and I tried to go to a positive. It's even harder when you start in the middle and then you're trying to go to positive because you tend to take things for granted. People do when they have comfortability and they don't have to struggle to learn lessons. They they have more freedom to hang themselves. You know what I mean? So I just think, it, I just think it's really cool that you know my even my parents they were supportive through everything with skateboarding and um, you know it's helped me really grow and like when I want to be a father someday support my kid for anything they want to do because obviously my dad grew up playing ice hockey. You know he probably wanted me to start playing ice hockey because it's something fun to do and just get into a team sport and hopefully you know it could it could bring you to college and maybe get you through you know like the typical lifestyle of an american yeah. my parents didn't go to college my parents worked normal jobs my mom worked two different jobs my dad worked three jobs at one point hell yeah and they did everything they could to make sure us kids had some shoes on their feet a new skateboard when I wanted a skateboard. And I'm not talking every other week. It was maybe one a month. You know what I mean? Yeah, yeah. I got better at, like, all right, we need another board. But, you know, they were always doing everything they could to just, you know, we, you know, to get us kids by. And it was yeah. me and my brother. And, like, I love that. I'm so grateful for that. And, like, you know, even now my dad's not a businessman or nothing, but, like, you know, he did what he could do to try to figure out how to do the taxes and try to make this work for me you know and I, I think that's so cool and me being a father someday i think that's going to be like inspiring for me to like bring to my kids like whether you know they skate snowboard whatever you gotta let your kids do what they're they want to do it's not about you know i think it in life if you can figure out your passion whether it's art or you know my brother plays guitar whatever your passion dancing is, how to make it a living i think that's the goal you know if you can figure your passion and try to make it a living which is hard to do yeah absolutely very hard to do but if you can figure out your passion and get around the struggles to try to make it a living i think that's like the key because that's what you know like you said before a lot of people are working jobs they're not stoked on but they like to do this i think if you can figure out that you like to do this and turn it into selling art on the streets or whatever you got to do and it gradually grows i think that's what like the key is and that's kind of what i did with skateboarding i think that's what a lot of people around me have done with skateboarding just like it found something that they loved doing it wasn't about anything other than that and like i didn't realize trying to make a living doing it until it already kind of happened for me like holy crap like i guess i'm making a living doing this it was kind of like 
I lived in a one bedroom apartment in Huntington Beach. Yeah. At 15 years old. And, you know, between this podcast, you know, dropped out of high school because skateboards were what I want to do. And, you know, two of my buddies, we lived in a one bedroom apartment. So it was me, Pat, Bunch. If we had chicks over, you pull the, you know, basically pull the bat, your mattress. There was a mattress on the floor. Pull it out to the main living room, hang out with your chick, whatever. That's just how we live. But those are the best moments in my life. And those are the moments that like, I cherish because that's like how we worked and like that's how like John Bunch really wanted making skating. He worked at uh Jamba Juice. So we used to call it John Bunch Juice. He, <laughs> the week. And he did what he could do to try to make it in skating and, and it's 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 tough, but like, you know, we were out here for two, three years and I guess that's why when opportunity had just came, I was just like, All right, I'll take it, let's do it. Like let's film round three. Rodney, let's do it. Like I'm down. So like I put everything in my life in round three, you know, like that, even to the, to this day, people look at that video part and come to me and like, dude, that's my favorite part you've done. Oh yeah. And I think it was the point in my life of just leaving Milwaukee in the snow in, in, you know, January and just wanting to skate every single day, which I still do now. But like back then it was just like all the spots are new. I'm living with my boys. We're having fun. Like it didn't matter. Like I, I five the convention center hubba which Jaya Bondarov shot the photo, which I never got to Damn, see. The- sick. Yeah, yeah, he he passed away, which rest in peace, Jaya. But um, he so was I never adrenaline. Remember, it was adrenaline, yeah. right? Yeah. I was a man, dude, and we didn't even get footage of it. He had the photo, dude. He had the I five voted second shot, the convention <laughs> center hub, with the big one, you know. Yeah, I know it. I know it. The one that Raleigh fifty fifty. Then I yeah. wish I would had on film. And then uh, Fernandez came out with the video doing the five zero, but. Which is cool. Which he, we were on Globe together. I wasn't trying to compete or nothing against Chad. Yeah, yeah, fuck it. Who cares? It's amazing. I, both I jumped out of the car. I was like, oh, that's convention center. I just, <laughs> you know, I fifty the first try and five out the second try, and Jai is there and shot the photo real quick. And I had the Polaroid. You know, I have the Polaroid to this day, but I don't have the actual photo. But you remember back in the day, it wasn't, it wasn't even. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> like you got these Polaroids. You had film. You had real film. It wasn't digital thoughts. The first one, and then he had the film of the second one. Yeah. Yeah, so, it's funny. Ever, I have some from when I went to China. It was just I think whoever was shooting had the little Polaroids because the testers, and I still have them in my testers thing. Yeah, yeah, the little testers. That's what I call them. Nowadays, it's so crazy because like the Instagram game and like I don't know all this social media stuff. Skateboarding so different. You know, you like go to Shane O'Neill's party and Sun Thrasher, and like it's pretty instant. Everyone can watch it right from their phones. Where like how we grew up, it was different. It was like you had to buy the DVD. Or you're not seeing the video. It wasn't even DVD. It was a VHS back then. Like, <laughs> we sound like old men right now. <laughs> it's so true, you know. And, like, it's, even this day, I'm old school, dude. Like, I like having a CD player in my car. Like, some cars don't have CD players nowadays. I won't buy a car with no CD player. And, like, I still play CDs in my car. I still bought the Plan B video. Or not Plan B, but the Pretty Sweet DVD. Hell, yeah. I bought my first video, which was the Plan B video, on the iTunes, which I do have which I got Apple TV now, I'm kidding with the times, but Hell yeah. it was never like that for skateboarding. I still like having the print magazines. I still like the old school kind of way, but that's just how I was growing up. But I've adapted and get the videos going on the Instagram and all that stuff and skate the barracks and get on all the online social stuff. But it just wasn't like that, you know, five, six years ago, seven years ago. And definitely not when we grew up watching our favorite pros, Tom yeah, Penny's yeah. and all those dudes. It wasn't even about that, you know? Yeah, definitely. Nowadays, it's a different game. I like it nowadays because you can, uh, like, the podcast is an example of this, Greg. Like, I, I always, like, wanted to express myself in interviews and magazines because I have, like, a gnarly background story 
And like to me, that's where I began, you know? So that's my story I got to tell and I want to show people my plight. So trying to put that in an interview and hoping people read it is so hard. But like just, you know, having a podcast, talking about important subjects and feelings and expressions is like you can do this and people can listen and everyone kind of connects to that. So I like the social media because you can connect with anyone everywhere. It's like... It's just the now day and age, you know? Yeah, it's awesome. It's more connectivity. That's how I look at it. It's like, you know, we can see each other. You, it's harder to be racist now because you like people are racist, but then it's like you're seeing them on your Instagram and they're in different countries and they're like laughing like you over something silly and you're like, we're all the fucking same. You know what I mean? Like they laugh, they laugh at fart jokes just like me. Like, you know what I mean? Like, so we're all connected. I'm not hating at the social. I'm just saying like there's such a big difference nowadays to what it was when we were growing up. Yeah. Before it was just like so much harder to get information and like. And harder to get, to, to be honest with you, nowadays it gets a lot easier. I feel like to, for kids to get covered and put themselves out there where I feel like when we were kind of coming up, like oh, it was like, all right, dude, if I were to get this company, I either got to know someone or send a sponsor me tape in. Yeah. Now they put some dope stuff on Instagram. You could DM Toy Machine or whatever company you're psyched on. Like, check out my stuff. They go on Instagram. <laughs> oh, my God, this kid kills it. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like, super easy to connect with brands and, and connect with people and meet even meet chicks, man. <laughs> like, oh, I know her through, oh, my God. Like, you know what I mean? So good for you good for you i'm pat i'm 32 now so like i'm i'm engaged <laughs> so i'm not doing that but i yeah. it was a lot harder before tinder i'll tell you that yeah i know right <laughs> right to the right right to the left all right you ain't gotta leave your house <laughs> yo it's kind of going back to what you were just talking about was uh you got you don't even gotta leave your house hold on hold on um what's even harder what what going back to what you're talking about like Back in the day, we had to uproot ourselves. Like, you had to go to California. I went to California for two years. I lived there, got a chance to ride for Birdhouse and travel with Tony. So I was like, I'm moving to fucking Long Beach from here. But, like, nowadays with the social media and stuff, you can connect with the people around you. You can build awesome skate scenes. Like, right now in my area, we have a contest called the New England Am Contest. And uh, we had over 300 kids enter. We had – it was ridiculous. It was – we had Donnie Barley, Brandon Westgate, Nick Don Pierre – Zara Bassett were the judges. Like my whole. Let me just say, those four skaters you just named are like my favorite skaters. Like Eastern Exposure three. Yeah. Donnie Barley's part. Ricky Iowa's part. Hands down. I didn't mean to cut you off, but no, please, please. Brandon Westgate is like the new like age Donnie Barley, if you know what I'm saying. Like absolutely fast, gnarly, like East Coast just. Oh man, keep it going. I'm, you, I'm sorry. You can I just had to say that right there. No, no, no. I completely agree because I'm a huge fan of everyone. I love skateboard. And I, I follow everyone's skateboard. Matt Reason? Remember Matt Reason? Yeah, of course. I'm, yeah, Matt Reason's amazing, man. Oh, um, man. Uh, yeah, but Donnie, you can see the influence on Brandon. Because Donnie, me, Brandon, and Donnie all skated for Zyork at the same time, you know? And Brandon was, like, developing. It's funny because when I, I was on Fibro and me and Westgate, Westgate got, I actually, like, Steve Rodriguez from Fibro sponsored me he came to my park that I was skating for. Brandon was there, met Brandon, and then we all skated for Fibro and then we went to to birdhouse to zoo york together like but donnie was involved too you know in zoo york and birdhouse and brandon was so impressionable then and he just hung out with us and you'd see donnie like you can see the influence which i think is fucking awesome it's like this generation gets their own little barley you know like on a gnarly like an updated version of him kind of you know what i mean yeah yeah you're right yeah like he not to take anything away from donnie because he amazing skateboarder but it's like brandon is like just he's Brandon you know what I mean like we all know it he's the little kid you know he's the beast <laughs> but yeah we so we had a contest I grew up on like the the mixtape with uh with the with Zoo York Eastern Exposure um 
even all the stuff the RB videos were, oh, were yeah. awesome. So all those videos. I, I grew up, I guess, because Midwest and like East Coast are kind of right there. So like I grew up on a lot of those those videos, you know. So yeah, I yeah. pay attention. I've always paid attention. I've always paid attention to Midwest skateboarding. Like I love Steve Nesser skating and like Familia and I remember Iota, Emic Pratt. Yeah. Emmerich. Emmerich, yeah, he was on Millennium. <laughs> he was doing such sick tricks back then that no one was doing, like the grabs and like he had such a sick style. Like Emmerich was amazing. I, I, Chad Benson, like I think because we're closer. That's a, whole, that's a whole mini crew right there. Yeah, amazing. But that's so. So what I'm saying is like now with social media and everything, you can connect to people and you can get everyone together and do fucking awesome shit and build up your scene. You know what I mean? Like if there's yeah. someone motivated enough to do it, like then you can connect the dots. Like, I had that contest, and, you know, actually, we're trying to, we're, for the next one, we're trying to get the winner to be able to go to the Kimberly Cup uh, in Africa. Yeah. So the winner might yeah. get to go to that. So that's kind of what I'm working on this year for the second one. So we, I've been doing the contest, the skate brand. We got, you know, Don Pierre, Westgate, live in my area. We have, like, uh, skateboarders that opened up a burrito shop called No Problemo, and it's, like, in downtown New Bedford and just started growing and exploring. We got tons of skate Joey, shop owners. Is Joey Brzezinski doing a burrito thing too? I don't know. I just think he likes burritos. <laughs> Cause I see that too on his Insta and I know Nick hangs out with him and they're constantly. I was going to say, cause him and Nick are pretty tight and yeah. they got the Puma thing going. That's, that's cool. Yeah, it's very cool. Um, actually, yeah, we're going to jump around because we talked about K-Swiss a little bit. I want to hear like how that came to be and what, what your version of how it played out is. Yeah. Okay. So breaking it down, uh, and I, when I no, sorry to cut you off, Greg, but I'm coming from a, a situation where like I never judged it, like, and if I did, maybe I was just joking. But really, in reality, if I ever did talk shit on it, it's an opportunity to ride for a brand that wants to pay you to do something. This is my uh, my impression. Okay, so like the reason why I got hooked up with K Swiss was I was living in L.A. I just moved to L.A. I met Tall Cooperman through a bunch of friends up there. Um, and then I was hanging out with Benji and Joel Madden. They had this company called they're, – they're from Good Charlotte, Benji and Joel. So I became good friends with those guys. Good Charlie's a band? Good Charlotte, yeah. Okay. Oh, Benji Good Charlotte, Madden. yeah. I've heard of them before. Benji was dating Paris Hill in the time. Joel's engaged to and now married to Nicole Richie. So we used to all hang out, me, him, Dingo, Tall Cooperman, that whole crew. They had a streetwear brand called DCMA. They used to have a lot of graffiti artists to do their stuff. They did a collaboration with – K-Swiss, like a DCMA K-Swiss shoe. So I met David, the owner at the time of K-Swiss. He's like, man, dude, I'm seeing all these companies who want to get into skateboarding. We should jump into skateboarding. And I was like, hey, dude, we can talk. My contract was kind of coming up with Globe. And just, you know, sat down in one of the meetings. And, you know, they, they kind of put together, like, you know, a pretty good deal. And they were just hyped. And they're like, we're going to bring in the right people. And they did. They brought in Mark Miller from DC, who before that he was at ran the whole program over at Audio. Yeah. And so he's at DC Footwear. He was the president of DC. Oh. Yeah. And then the uh not the or he was either president or vice president, Mark Miller. And then they brought in Kelly McGrath, Courtney from over at New Era. So we had like a team, and they were gonna call it the KS line, which is instead of KS, which is just like a KS. That's why everyone see me rocking those shirts that just said KS. Yeah. And they built a program basically with Mark and built out a whole shoe line. And my shoe was designed by Marty. Uh, Marty designed my shoes over at Globe. So my shoe was actually really good designed. And then we were looking at bringing in Chaz Ortiz. There's a few other pros we were looking at. So they were going to build a legitimate skate team and do it right. When that went down, 
we brought it down. We opened an office, the KS office in Orange County. And basically what happened was at that time, the economy kind of dropped. Their stocks went from, you know, eight bucks a share to pretty much like low, like two fifty, three bucks a share. So they kind of pulled out a skate and they're like, you know, we got to cut back. They got rid of Anacova. Anacova was there doing all the tennis stuff. And she's like one of the nice tennis players in the world. We had, um, yeah, she's a- pretty as well, huh? She's amazing. She was in Maximum. She's beautiful. <laughs> so she wasn't there. Jillian Michaels was there. I don't know what happened with Jillian. She does then, fitness uh, stuff, I believe. She does fitness stuff. And then we had uh, Kenny Powers that came into a bunch of marketing stuff. <laughs> which we were supposed to do a commercial with Kenny Powers for the skate stuff. So they just kind of put a hold on it. And then after a while, they put their company up for sale. And then new owners came in and bought the company. So the original deal that I did with the company was with the original owners that I met through Benj and Joel and Tall and, and those guys. And after that point, I was still under contract, so they just kind of fulfilled their end of the deal. I fulfilled my end of the deal wearing the product, and we just came to a mutual agreement that, hey, look, we're not going to move forward with skateboarding. The new owners weren't feeling it. They were just like, we want to do running and tennis, and that's what we're about, and that's why we bought this company. So I just had to be like understandable. Like The, the way I did the deal was like, hey, we're bringing in Mark Miller and these guys from D.C., we're going to create a dope skate program, rad shoes. The economy kind of dropped, so they put a hold on that. They put the company up for sale. New owners came in, and then they cut the whole skate program, and they just kind of had to fulfill their end of the deal because I was still under contract. And we actually – it was a it was a pretty long-term deal. So we just settled. Like, they settled. I settled. And I said, well, basically, if you guys aren't going to go forward with skateboarding, like, there's no reason I'm going to be here and look silly – wearing shoes and footwear that you guys don't want to do you know so we basically settled and and left the contract early and basically i went out there and basically was like you know what i i put down like five top shoe brands i want to ride for and like talk to each one of them and you know i ended up signing with a rad skate brand that's like 110 percent and like i'm super hyped working with like brian reed and hans and all the guys that osiris have been just amazing and it's like kind of like a blessing now because like I have really good skate shoes to ride in. They're like behind me 100%. I'm in their office so much, man, and they're like became really good friends of mine. So like it worked out for the best. Um, you know, like they say, like for what K-Swiss was, they didn't do anything bad other than skaters might have judged, oh, K-Swiss, da-da. But they didn't do any bad marketing, bad ads. So they didn't do anything to deteriorate in the public eye of their marketing with myself. So yeah. they it's not like they didn't do they, – they basically did nothing. Yeah, it's that means – well, like they, they didn't do much other than promote some shoes that they came out with. But at least they didn't run – you know, at least they didn't deteriorate my name in weird ways doing commercials on TV. That could have been really bad. Yeah. So, like, I talked to Chet Thomas about it, and he's like, dude, they didn't really – it's not a bad deal because they didn't really do anything. So, like – and you still – filled out your side of the contract they fulfilled their side of the contract so like it worked out that way but they didn't market you wrong they didn't do anything to deteriorate your career and that's kind of probably why i still have the sponsors i have and like they didn't really look bad at it and now you look at like now i'm working with osiris creating good shoes happy with my shoes because they're they're skating good and like stoked to be like moved on but like i didn't want to stay with a company that wasn't going to fulfill skateboarding and like that's just kind of why that ended that way but if they would have done it right, I think it would have done out really, really good. And I think, like, if we had brought on, you know, four or five top pros, and, and Mark Miller is really good, and he built audio. He helped build DC at that time. And 
it could have been a really good program. Just, you know, the economy just kind of went. Um, we're going to edit that out a little bit. But we're talking about K-Swiss and your situation with them. And you kind of explained it. And I kind of wanted to touch on it because I've written for brands that were non-skater-owned brands, you know, where there's just money involved. And that, and I did that because kind of what you were talking about earlier was like, you know, I can keep living this skateboarding lifestyle and seeing how long I can take it and how like, like, like we've been all over the world from skateboarding. You know what I mean? Like I've seen a kangaroo, like I'm, I came from the hood. So for, for me, that's like amazing. Like, I don't know if they have kangaroos in the Midwest. You can lend, <laughs> but what I'm saying is like, I've always tried to see silver linings and keep keep opportunity open and like you know um, and I think that's where some of the like when when skateboarders work with like big brands that aren't skater owned I think that's where the hate comes in because and it may not even be hate it's just misdirected concern because look what happens when economy tanks it's like that's when I started my brand all I need was in the economy where there's no money to be had like I just wanted like I work a nine to five job right now you know what I mean like. I work a nine to five job. I run a contest. I run my brand. I take all the money I make from my brand. I put right back into skateboarding. Like I took my homies to Cali for two weeks. They got to go out there for the first time. We were on the ride channel. Like we do this contest for everybody in my area. Like, like I said, we had 300 kids. We had these massive pros. Like my area is on blast. You know what I mean? Like it's awesome. It's amazing. But, um, I've also ridden for brands like, um, Zoo York, which isn't skater owned and never was when I rode for them. Um, who else? I wrote for um, Vision was my shoe thing that just happened, and the same thing. We did a good job. We were I heard in the sh- last podcast with Galant, you guys talked a little bit about the Vision stuff, which I think Vision's cool because I don't know what's going on. Vision was the shit, you know what I mean? Yeah, a lot of people did. It was crazy. It was really working. It was like I think we did too good of a job, and then they they like sold the brands, the conglomerate of the brands, and then to someone else that didn't really, you know, there's just hype around it. There was hype that's around it, so on quiet. That means that means when it's not skater owned, that my paycheck's gone. You know what I mean? So I get where That's people right. are concerned. It's got to be That's a healthy exactly. balance. Like what I'm saying is, there's got to be a healthy balance. You got to have roots. So a lot of the roots in skateboarding are skate shops. You know, and those are the dudes that are like concerned when these big co- companies come in, and then you know kids are lusting after just like all these all that you can get from skateboarding, not necessarily not necessarily the art of it and the feelings. You know, so it's like. I can understand the whole war, the, let's say, Flame Boy, Wet Willie, I don't know, because I wrote for World, too, you know what I mean? So, uh, the duality of the two worlds. But my whole thing is, like, we need to have a healthy balance. I don't mind that there's, like, big contests and shit like that. I don't mind that there's energy drinks or, like, I don't mind any of that. I just feel like there's got to be a healthy balance. If it's only Street League that kids are getting, that means us, the skate shops and the pro skaters that are doing cool shit, aren't doing their job. Because, like, I'm doing my job, like, I run a brand, and I sponsor kids, and I throw a contest for my whole scene, and, like, these dudes are, like, loving it, and skateboarding's thriving, and we're all happy, and, like, a lot of us work jobs, some of us don't, like, Billy's out in Cali, he rides for me, and he's, like, going for it, and having fun skating, like, um, but yeah, so there's got to be a healthy balance, so, um, but that's the risk you run when you work with a company that's not skater-owned, when the money's low, and it's just numbers, that's what it is, you know, but whereas like with all I need, it's like if things get low, I'll find a way to keep it going and we'll, you know what I mean? Like my heart's fully invested. So you can see both sides of the coin, I guess I'm asking. Yeah, of course, man. That's kind of what happened with K-Swiss. I mean, they came in wanting to get invested pretty big and, you know, we brought in the right people from D.C. and brought in Mark and, you know, when the economy went tough, they kind of cut back and they basically brought a new 
owners, kind of like what happened with Vision, and they just they didn't have the same aspect that the old owners did, and it just it could have been something really cool. Same with kind of your situation, it just didn't end up, and just what it is, man. Just skateboarding, man. And at the end of the day, I think you can't even get mad, man, because just at the end of the day, we're doing what we love to do with skateboarding, and that's what's about, and traveling the world and seeing new places. And I feel like you know if it wasn't for skateboarding, and I kind of want to say this because. If it wasn't for skateboarding, I don't know where I'd be in my life. You know what I mean? Because skateboarding had kind of saved my life. It just put me in a direction of the right places, the right times, and seeing the right people and me and experiencing new cool things. Because when I go back home, like a lot of my friends are not doing the best things in their life. And yeah. Four of them are dead. And I'm just like, it's kind of crazy. And it just kind of put me on a avenue, I think, to keep my mind in the right place and enjoying it. You yeah. know, enjoying yeah. something I love, but also like meeting and experiencing cool things with new people that like kind of put their mind in the right place and I guess like you know if you if you look at life when you put yourself around other good people doing good things with your their lives and it's gonna make you want to do good things absolutely if you put yourself with the wrong crowd it kind of it could deteriorate you and take you down the wrong road so like I think that's very important that a lot of people should like really look at like is kind of what you eat is how you're gonna feel who you hang out with is kind of gonna Maybe not overnight, but in the long run, kind of deteriorate like how the kind of person you're going to be. Absolutely, man. You're talking. You're talking to a man who grew up in the projects, and you know what's in the projects? A bunch of angry, sad people with issues. <laughs> Some of them aren't their fault. Some of them are passed on. Like that's what happened to me. I grew up around a lot of people that were not happy in life didn't have money, didn't have the luxuries, all that stuff. And in, and some of them had, um, you know, mental disease from fucking, you name it, dude, drug abuse, substance abuse, being born into someone who was doing that. Like, all this gnarly real shit in life that, like, um, it just breeds, like, a darkness, you know? So uh, that's another reason why all I need is all I need, because, like, I found something that I, I put my heart and soul into, and it's forced me to be humble and teach me to grow and you know everything that we gain from skateboarding all the lessons it teaches you to persevere you got to land that trick you got to stay with it especially when you and if you're doing a career with it oh my god you have to really jump off a cliff and hope you can fly you know what i mean like it seems like an impossible thing you know we think there's a lot of pro skateboarders because we're in it but from an outside perspective and compared to other sports i wouldn't say there's a lot of pro skateboarders you know what i mean so the odds you know what i mean like it's very true it's great so, I don't know. It's so weird. Like, yeah, it's so true kind of how you said. I just never really thought about it like that. But I guess, yeah, at the end of the day, you are jumping down crazy shit. And, like, you are putting your life on the line. And you you do push yourself more because maybe you are a pro skateboarder and you want to you wanna push yourself more. I just never looked at it the way that, like, I have to push myself more because I'm a pro skater. I think I just looked at it, hey, I can jump down this rail, I'm going to jump down this bigger rail, and I'm going to keep it going because that's just what I want to do and progress yeah. my skating. But, yeah, you are right when you're a skater and, like, you're kind of shooting photos for the magazine and, like, your last, you know, for instance, I don't know, frontside flip, backside flip was down, you know, 14. You got to kind of go bigger because you're not going to go backwards. And then you get to a point where you're like Nigel, which he's still going to. I just seen a photo of him doing a switch front blunt on like a 14. Oh, oh yeah, but but I, 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 I think... like look at it. I'm like, dude, I thought he was like not plateaued, but like how much bigger can this fool go? You know what I mean? And yeah, like, well, I mean, that's that's don't... um, not sorry to cut you off, but I I completely see what you're saying. What I and I agree with that for a certain level. Like, I think to have the riches of like these gnarly sponsors that if you're a pro skateboarder and you want to have like a car sponsor or like energy sponsor, like things that you've acquired, you got to like 
be in the public eye or you got to like constantly progress your skating. Like I agree with that 100%. I like when people are trying to I like that too cuz that's like a gnarly road and um Nija has a gnarly road. I'm he's amazing. He's young, you know, he's young. He's young. So good, good, do it, do it. But um I think too there's other ways to do it. Like a Louis Barletta per, for example just keeps progressing and it's all about expressing, expression. You know what I mean? Like Louis Barletta isn't the gnarly skateboarder. But, like, he's still involved in skateboarding because he has a unique expression of life and approach to it that's so beautiful and entertaining that he has an audience of people that support him, you know? So there's many different ways to do it. Like, um, and as you get older, Greg, like, I'm 32, and I don't want to jump down big shit. Like, I still do. Like, sometimes I do. Sometimes I'm like, I'm down to do this. But other days I don't want to. Like, I just don't want to. But I know that my skating is growing and expanding in different ways. So, like... Now, uh, you know, I, I can skate different things and do different tricks that I used to. So now my show goes on. As long as I'm willing to express it and show it, you know what I mean? Like, who's going to stop me? I own my own fucking brand. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, no, no one's going to fucking stop me. I'll let it go when I want to let it go. And I think that's the same. But I, that's why I respect what you did, man. I respect that you picked up the the coins off the ground when these big sponsors come to you because it's like, I think you need to keep your roots. If And it seems like... um. As long as you have people that back you and you have a following and you, the core, like, you have to have a core, um, board brand. You know what I mean? And Darkstar, I know that they sell in Walmart or whatever the people say, but it's Chet Thomas, right? Yeah, it's me, Chet, um, PLG. But, but does Chet own it? Is that what it is? Uh, Chet's, yeah, he started Darkstar and that's just kind of how it found it and then, like, Dwindle picked it up and now. It's basically Dwindle's brand, but yeah, Chet definitely runs it, and it's me That's and Senzo it. and um, Diet, and we just brought on Dave Rusinski. Yes, Dave's the fucking man. I love Dave. Good move. He's right there. <laughs> but I like Chet Thomas. Like Chet Thomas. Video part actually coming out too on uh, on Thrasher this month. I think it's on March 11th, I believe. Either March 11th or March 12th. Oh shit! It's only the fourth. We gotta wait a little bit. So you got a little bit of wait, but you know we're building the team, and it's cool, and um. You know, Dwindle's awesome, man. They got, you know, they just brought in Jamie Thomas's brand Zero. So, yeah. and Fallen Shoes is under there. And uh, See, these are the people, these are the roots I'm talking about. Because you need actual skateboarders that have lived the lifestyle. Like a Chet Thomas, who I grew up watching his skating. And I know he's put hours, blood, sweat, and tears, and everything into it. You need these people, because those are going to be the people that will hang on to it. Like, when the recession hits, they'll find a way to, like, keep it going. You know what I mean? Like, whether there's, like, you're making a bazillion dollars or not. When it's someone who doesn't skate and the recession hits, they go, oh, I, I don't know what it feels like to bleed or sweat or to absolutely need skateboarding. So why am I going to keep investing in something that's not making a profit? You know what I'm saying? So, like, it's good that you have these people to talk to. I, I like that you talk to Chet about things, too, you know? That's yeah. right. That's and good advice from a veteran. That's why it's good to have, you know, like, really core good skate companies. Like, obviously, like, I write for Indy and Darkstar and Richta and Mob and all those brands and... It was funny, man. We were at the mountain the other day, and, like, this is a whole different subject, but, like, Please. look at Nike. Nike sponsored snowboarding. They had Danny Cass. He's ill. For those of you who know Danny Cass and, like, Louis Vito, ultimate, like, pipe rider. Like, dude, these dudes are gnarly. They completely pulled off snowboarding. It's nothing. Danny had, like, a signature boot. He's like, dude, like, I left some of my other brands. Like, you know, you have 32 and some of these other boot companies that, like, live and breathe, yeah. basically, you know, snowboarding. And it's the same thing. 32 is under Soltech, which is what? S, Etnies, America, America, right? Yeah. Those companies have always been about skateboarding, you know? And you have, like, companies like, say, K-Swiss or Nike or Converse or whatever it is that come in 
and they just leave like on the dime. You know what I mean? Like I took the risk, you know, and case was left basically skateboarding, which is fine. It didn't work out for them, but and it this, makes sense like, as a business move. Why should they care about it? They don't know. Yeah, how at the same goes. point, where I'm at now, I'm actually pretty hyped because like Osiris has always been there, and they've been there 18 years and always have been about skateboarding. Hell yeah! Not that they're the biggest shoe brand in skateboarding because by far they're not, but they're about skateboarding. The owners are all skateboarders. Tony Meg, like how old is yeah, he? Still amazing. out there ripping. So it's just really cool to see that, and I think that's why I'm super inspired to be riding for them now because. It's different than where I was the last five years, and they really weren't all about skateboarding. And it like took me a point to be like, take a step back and be like, I need to be with a brand that's about skateboarding. And even like, you know, I'm not trying to be hypocritical because like I ride for Rockstar Energy, but we've been building our team there. And it wasn't about completely skateboarding in the beginning when I signed. We didn't have the best street team, but now you look at it, we have Bastion Salabonzi, we have um, Alec Majerus, you know, flip dopest rider out there cover a freaking thrasher you know what i mean we have uh manny santiago so like it's pretty cool to see even brands that are a little more mainstream grow with true skateboarding and about it so if like we're down to dedicate and, and invest in true skateboarders like it's awesome i love that that's why when vision was like down i was like yeah dude people love vision and you guys aren't skateboarders but you want to bring it back and have the funds you know and you want to build amongst with skaters they got the right people too like you were saying with k swiss and, like, that's dope, you know what I mean? But it's a risk because that's what I'm saying. Like, if it's not a court, if it's not a skateboarder that owns it, it's a risk because when the bottom falls out, who knows if they'll be around. But it, it's that no fault, your your fault or my fault to take that chance. You know what I mean? Like, why wouldn't you take a chance? And if it works and you actually, like, with Rockstar, I don't know how long they've been investing in skateboarding. Do you know? It's been. Uh, I mean, I've been with them for almost six years now. And since. That's pretty I good run so far. Yeah, since when I've signed with them, I mean, they've really built out their team. Like, the last two years, basically, we've done some cri- or uh, trip trips, basically, filming trips with, like, Chris Ortiz, Sick. bringing up Joe Krolik. Chris is the man. Joe's the man. Fuck yeah. Those guys are the... Yeah, exactly. <laughs> awesome. They got me involved with the dude bringing tour. Bringing on Manny, bringing on Alec Majerus, bringing on some of these riders. They're announcing some new riders, too, that are freaking off the charts. Hell yeah. So, it's pretty cool, because before, they sponsor a lot of vert guys, which I love vert skateboarding, and those dudes kill it. Elliot kills it. Um, all those dudes kill it, dude. Uh, yeah. the, 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 you know, uh, it was on point there. Just like it took a little bit for them to build their street team and their street cred on that stuff. But like, it's really cool what they're doing now and doing cool trips and doing pullout posters and trans world and really giving back to skating, which I think is very important and very cool. And, um, in the sense and, that they're, it's, cool. it's a big company, but it's actually very like small company. What I mean by that is like the people that you work with are, it's a tight niche, you know what I mean? So it's pretty cool. And I've known Steve Mateus for, almost eight years, 10 years now. And like Kevin's awesome. And just the whole crew over there is great. And and when you said that they're giving back to skating, I think you were kind of, you were kind of saying for some of my listeners, like not just skateboarders listen to my podcast. A lot of people like yeah. from all walks of life, listen to my podcast. You're saying it because like they're investing into that skateboard mag when maybe yeah. magazines, even some of my other sponsors pulled out of advertising and magazines in general. Yeah. It's cool to see them actually advertising in a skateboard mag because there's other companies out there that I ride for that are true core skateboarding companies that have pulled out of the mags just because it's expensive and they feel like there's not, you know, as much exposure there that kids get to see. But like, I'm old school. I like the mags. I buy prescription, like the subscription to the mags. Yeah, yeah. Magazines are fucking amazing. Like, I remember. 
renewed my Thrasher one, and I got a free T-shirt, and I was like, just like a kid, like super hyped. Yeah. There's nothing like getting a photo in a magazine either or having that be like your goal. Like when I was young, I was like, I can't imagine having a photo in a magazine. That would blow my mind. And then it happened, you know, like that's pretty cool to like, like for me, that was a dream and it happened. Like that's kind of sick to do that. But you got to keep the magazine magazines around to do that. You know what I mean? So it's like it's like an artist, you know, you're like if you're a big fan of Wiz Khalifa or whoever it is, you know what I mean? You buy their album, right? Yeah. So I'm a big fan of Thrasher Magazine and Transos, so I buy their magazines. Yeah, that's and awesome. Somehow, some way, when you buy their magazines, which their subscription is not that expensive on Thrasher, you get a free T-shirt. So it's like the subscription is almost as much as the dang T-shirt, but it's cool, like, I don't know, just to support the mags. It's not about anything other than just supporting the mags, and that's why I buy magazines and I buy DVDs and CDs, and just, like, that's what I grew up on. Yeah, that's rad, man. I would love to run all I need ads in magazines. I need to speak with those dudes and see – um if they can work with me on the price. I don't know what they're running for. I don't know what they're charging for ads, but I'm a core brand and I'm building. But if they want to support that, I'm going to talk to them. I'm actually talking to Transworld about working with the contest as well. So I'm pretty hyped on that. Because Transworld's so epic. I love their website. Do you, do, speaking of websites, do you look at skate websites and which ones if you do? Yeah, if I do, I look at Hell Eclipse is awesome, The Barracks, Thrasher, and Skateboarding.com. Those are the main four that I really look at. I know there's other ones out there. I really look at Thrashers a lot. Like, I watched Shane O'Neill's part right when it came out. The Barracks is cool. Um, I watched I, I watch the Barracks like every, like, two days, just kind of scroll down. And uh, Skateboard.com is cool. We just had an episode on there with, with Osiris, actually, like, a day or two ago. Sick. That, like, we kind of talked about the shoes and, like, what we're doing with the program and, like, really hyped to be a part of that. And Hell Eclipse is cool, too, because they, like, repost everything from all the sites so like do you want to just see everything in one place i think hello clips is really cool but um that's just more me and my phone and like the instagram i follow a lot of people so i just constantly got to go through and check out <laughs> cool stuff and like when people are promoting stuff i like to go kind of click the links and look out look at cool stuff you know yeah there's a lot of crazy content and awesome content i definitely like my time spread so thin but when i get a chance to surf um the people i follow on instagram i get super stoked i seen you follow me i seen you comment on my thing yeah dude i was like sometimes, <laughs> sometimes it's like we know each other or we like me and you have never met but it sounds like we probably are friends the people listening but uh i hope we are friends but uh <laughs> But but like actually hit you up to do this podcast. You didn't hit me up. Yeah, I emailed you. I told. I got the email. I got the email from um the one you did with Ryan Gallant last week. Yeah. And I was just like hi. I was like dude. And like I heard good things like through like Ortiz and the boys. Yeah. Fuck. And uh, they always talk very highly of you. And I was just like dude, let's do the podcast. Let's do it. And then you just hit me back right away. And here we are doing it, making it live. It's funny because I showed my uh my the dude I I ride for Solstice Skate Shop and my friend Jay I showed him I was like yeah the Lutzka he I call you the Lutzka I mean no disrespect at all it's like you know that's just like people said that and I liked it but um I told him and he was like I was like yeah Lut he wants to come on the podcast and then I was like he asked me to do it and he's like that ma- he's like that makes it rad <laughs> that's what he said I was like that's sick <laughs> like he was yeah, stoked you that you wanted to do it and I'm like yeah that's what I look for in a a guest is someone who wants to talk because sometimes you have people on a guest and they don't want to share or they like nervous to or whatever but it's rad when you have someone like you that has a rich history in skateboarding and you have opinions and things to talk about and like uh we can debate stuff i think we need more of this i think a lot of people should do podcasts everybody should i'm a big preacher about that <laughs> I agree, dude i agree i mean i'm just very open and i just love skating and where i can you know make an impact and then 
I, I mean, I'd love to, you know, and being from the Midwest, you know, living the life I did through skateboard, I'm very grateful through it and meeting the people I've met and keep it going, man. Got to yeah. yeah. ride that wave as long as you can and have fun doing it and enjoy life. You know what I mean? So that's what it's about. Yeah, absolutely, man. And, and I appreciate you coming on the podcast. And like I said, I'll put together an email. It'll have all the links. It'll have... It'll have everything so you can just share it easily. And I do, if, as you saw on my Instagram, I make a couple posts throughout the weeks where I, like, tag all the sponsors and all the people in the, that were mentioned in the podcast. And, like, um, I try to do the best I can to share people's stories because it's like, this is your story, your life, your plight. And I, and I like to chime in with mine, too. I can't help it. But it's the only way, the only way I have to do that because it's like to get to know each other, we got to know where we came from so then we can talk from different perspectives and maybe meet in the middle on some areas. You know what I mean? And that that's why I think we should have more communication. Like, me and you, man, we're from different walks of life, but we're both hyped on the same shit, which is, like, cool to know that. You know what I mean? And it's rad to meet someone who's kept skating in their life for so many years, just like I have. And I, it's not always easy, and it's not always, you know what I mean? Like, life is life, you know what I mean? Whether you are got a bazillion dollars or you got zero, everyone has to deal with shit. I don't think we grew up that much further away from me, though. Being from the Midwest to the East Coast, I think it's pretty cool, like, being out there. Because a lot of... Dudes are from the West Coast that are in skating, and I think the East Coast got a big scene, and the Midwest is a smaller scene, but it's it's good people out there and yeah. people with good hearts, and it's it's rad, man. It's I love the see. Midwest. Midwest people are very awesome. Like I definitely every time I go there, I'm like, holy shit, people are polite. I like that. Down south too, uh, uh, they had like that Southern hospitality, and I like that. Where I'm from, when I went to Austin, Texas, man, everyone there was super cool. Dude, man. Austin's amazing. <laughs> it's so sick. <laughs> <laughs> like that's like the new LA with nice people. <laughs> yeah, it's beautiful. And normal people too. <laughs> I went there I mean, a long time. You're in LA. I mean, I love LA. Don't get me wrong, but it's always you just it's meet the mecca. You're going out. It's just someone trying to be somebody, trying to show off something. And just I don't know. Being from the Midwest, I'm not all about all that. <laughs> it's it's the mecca, man. It's right in the thick of it, man. We go to New York here, and it's just like everybody from all walks of life, and it's like. New York's a wild place, and I love it very much, but it's it's the jungle for sure. And L.A.'s like that version out there, you know what I mean? Um, when you, 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 you planning to come to the East Coast anytime soon? <laughs> Maybe when it thaws out? You ever yeah, get- I'd love to. I'm going to be in Tampa in like two weeks, and then I'd love to get up yeah, and hit sick. like Philly and Boston. We're, gonna fucking skate. We're skating together in Tampa. I'm hyped. I'm going to. I'm going to skate. It's fucking yeah, awesome. Yeah, fine. Yeah. Um, well... I, like I said, I'm doing this contest, so maybe we can keep in touch. And uh, if you'd want to come judge it, maybe we can find a way to make that happen. Like, I'm going to ask Westgate and Barley and uh, Zared and Dom Pierre and everyone to come again and be a part of it. And there'll be judges. And uh, I was just talking about, because um, I'm putting it all together now, and I was like, I'd love to get someone that's, like, out on the West Coast. It'd just be a trip for people. You know what I mean? Like, I don't know. Sure. We got the homegrown, dude, so it'd be cool to bring another perspective to come check it out. But so we'll keep in touch, and if you're interested or if you're even down, that would be sick, and we can try and figure it out. <laughs> well, let's get the podcast going, man. I want to see some more riders on there, and all I need is dope, and I like everything you're doing. So yeah, thank I'm you, man. To be a part of this. Yeah, fuck yeah. Thank you so much, Greg. How I like to end it is um, you probably have a lot of people to shout out, but, you know, just shout out whoever you, whoever you want to show, say, like, um, thanks to, or how can people reach you, more importantly. Cool. I I want to thank basically all the sponsors that have supported me throughout the years, all my friends, all my close um, close friends growing up, man. You guys have been awesome back home in Milwaukee. Uh, my family has been great supporting with skateboarding. Al Partnin, basically, I couldn't have done this without you, man. Hell Don't 
beginning. That's where their roots had kind of started. Rodney Mullen definitely giving me the opportunity. Chet Thomas giving the opportunity. Deluxe giving me opportunity That's with, right. with Crooked and the Gons and everything that went through there. George Rochet get me on Indy at the very beginning of that whole era, uh, even though he's not team manager now, but still awesome guy and always yeah. been there for me. Um, all my sponsors, man, even, you know, like even the ones I've been with for many, many years have always supported me from the beginning, like FKD and Richter and Mob and all those guys have been awesome. Steve Mateus with Rockstar. Hey. Can't, can't, can't say nothing more than been grateful to be able to work together. Chris Ortiz, Krolik, all those guys have been awesome. Give me the opportunity with four and one when it was basically the shit. To yeah, get hell yeah. <laughs> amazing. Dave Swift with uh, Trans World and all the mags, man. Thanks, thank you for all the support. Thrasher, skateboarding mag, um, or skateboarder, skateboard mag, and Trans World. You guys are great. And uh, you know thank what? Thank you for the fans, man. That's what's up. But I want to keep going for a second, and then I'll let you go now. Your homie's coming. Um, okay. <clears throat> I wanted to ask you about. Do you think is do you think that being in competition those competitions on that level where it's on TV and um do you think that has uh, overall like do you think you would have do you think you could have made it as just a core skater with just core skate brands like as far or kept the lifestyle up as long as you have or what do you think about that Yeah no I I hear that question um no one's really asked me that and that's pretty cool that you've asked me that I think skating contests and being on some of the events obviously have helped my career. Just it's helped my fan base. It's helped some of my sponsors and it's helped branding yourself just a little bit more mainstream, I guess. So you got more opportunity to do different things and shows and stuff. But I don't know, man, like if I wouldn't have ever done contests, I don't think it, I don't know, man, I'm a skateboarder. So I don't think it went to deteriorated my skateboarding yeah i think just not as many people would have just seen my stuff or been talking about me you know what i mean so i feel like doing contests gave people a reason to talk whether he was winning or losing he's a contest skater he's right for this brand or that brand because obviously i went to road for toyota if it wasn't for dutour because they sponsored dutour and vice versa with other brands you know and rockstar was really big into like stoked that you're riding contests and on tv and stuff so Maybe I went to add the opportunities I had to keep it going as long, but I think I just would have still been doing what I'm doing with skateboarding and doing what I love. I just feel like I wouldn't have probably had the opportunities I've had if it wasn't for myself skating some of these events and being on TV. And also, like, the fan base with kids, you know, like, constantly come up to you, like, at the Tour X Games, like, dude, I've seen you last year in this event, you know, and it makes you wonder, like, oh, my God, what if I wasn't on this my fan base probably wouldn't have been as big, you know. Yeah. And yeah. back then it was kind of like you had your core skaters and then you had like your contest skaters. And nowadays to make it like as a skater, I feel like you got to do kind of everything. You got to do the contest and you got to do the social and you have to do the streets. So yeah. it's a little bit difficult yeah. if you're not doing it all. And that's where you look at like someone like Shane O'Neill. He's on Thrasher today doing, you know, basically his video parts and he's on the social promoting there and then he's in the street league promoting there. Where I think like years ago when we grew up skateboarding, it was kind of like you had your core market skaters and then you also had like your contest skaters. And then there was those few like me and P-Rod and Jeremy Rogers and Sheckler that kind of did it all. Yeah. And Chad kind of fell into that realm more of contest in the beginning and then started doing video parts. But like, you know, there was a point in skateboarding where it was kind of one or the other. And I feel like now, not that you have to do both and you have to do all three to make it. 
but I feel like your opportunities are going to be larger if you do. If you're big on the social media and you're big on the internet game, being able to get in the barracks and some of these websites, Thrasher and skateboarding, and also doing some contests and also filming video parts, you're nothing going to prolong your career and have more opportunities is how I feel. Yeah, I I think I completely agree with you. And there's a lot more outlets to share everything too. You know, there's so much more. There's so much more. Skateboarding has grown. You know what I mean? It's developed even more than what it was before. You know, it started with just the skate videos, and that's how we got it. You know what I mean? And then contests came in, and big brands, and it, it fluctuates. It goes from you know the industry crashes, and then it grows real big again. And people wonder if it's going to be able to like just keep growing like it is. You know, and I think it is like. I think we just have to do cool things, man, like a skateboarding podcast. You know what I mean? Like, so like you know what you said, I don't think it would have deteriorated anything. I just, I think the opportunities went to open as much as they have. Different but I'm still be here doing what I'm doing, doing what I love. And skateboarding has been a blessing and been something that's awesome. And, you know, it was a lot of fun skating today and it's going to be a lot of fun skating tomorrow. So that's just <laughs> what it is in, in years and days to come. That's awesome, man. And you, Greg, I'm hyped that you came on the show. Honestly, dude, I'm psyched that we got to meet. You're a cool ass dude, and you seem like uh, you really love skateboarding, like me too. So it's nice to meet another person like that. So thanks again for coming on the show, man. And you know, we should catch up and uh, maybe after Tampa Pro, we should do another one because we'll have stuff to talk about after Tampa and like whatever. You know, we'll give it a few months and we'll catch up again and we'll do it again. Let's do that, and then I'll see you in a couple weeks. Hang on, brothers and sisters. Liberation is near. It's almost time.